We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast, part of the Blue Iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Patton. Jason, I really thought this was going to be a happy podcast. The Bulls had their fourth straight win in their hands. The Bulls had not had a four-game winning streak all year. They were leading the Indiana Pacers, playing without Tyrese Halliburton, without Andrew Nemhard, by 21 points in the first half. In the, the offense was clicking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The offense was clicking. Again, we saw another really strong performance, at least for the first half, from DeRozan, Vooch, and Levine all at the same time. Uh, Alex Caruso was absolutely everywhere. And dare I say, the Bulls looked like they were back, Jace. But as we've seen so many times this year, <laughs> you can never declare that the Bulls are truly back uh, until the game's over. Because the Pacers storm back in the second half. They win 116-110. There's not a lot to say about this loss, Jason, because it was just absolutely pathetic. But we are going to say quite a bit about it because I think we're going to go into some angry rants today. Uh, Point number one. Same old story, man. Like The Bulls are who we thought they were because this (laughs) is what they did. Anytime you think they're going to have some positive momentum... They lose a game that they should absolutely win. And this is one of the toughest losses of the year with a four-game winning streak, uh, you know, in sight. And with the team finally starting to string together some Ws during an easy part of the schedule, it was easy to look at the Bulls' upcoming opponents and think, hey, they're going to be above 500 February 1st. Uh, But you just can't trust this team, Jason. And... They gave it away last night in so many different ways, but overall, just what a frustrating and horrible way to end that game. Really was. And like coming off the Hawks game, where they like that was a fun game. The Hawks game was a lot of fun. They played really well. Uh 
And whatever they won that game, what by, like, by 11? Like they just kind of controlled a lot of that Hawks game. It was the first quarter was ugly. Um, second quarter, then they put up like 40. Third quarter was not good, great. And then the fourth quarter was awesome. Like we, Patrick Williams did some cool, really cool shit in that Hawks game. Um, just the team in general, it's played a really solid game. And yeah, that was th- for three wins in a row. And it's like, all right, here we go. Good test for this, for this team. We got Pacers seven game losing streak without Tyrese Halliburton, an all-star player basically runs their whole offense. Um, they, it was a second of a back-to-back, but like, still like this is the Pacers without Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, and you're going for four in a row and you have a big opportunity here. Like I know the travel stuff after Paris is probably weird and you're playing a second of a backpack, but still you go up by 21 damn points. And like, you got the game in the bag. Like you are crushing them. The Pacers shot were offensively had nothing going in that first half. Bulls were were just kind of torching them. Booch played really well to start again, kind of running stuff through him. And then the second half, it's like three, you come out third quarter, you let them hang around, you let them hang around. And then the fourth quarter, I mean, just my fucking God, so much stuff going wrong there. You can't, you, TJ McConnell, you're letting him, how are you letting TJ McConnell get into the lane like at will against you, doing whatever he wants? Benedict Matherin, who, to his credit, ben, Benedict Matherin, one of the better rookies so far this year. Dude has no fear, uh, super athletic. He had some really big shots, but I mean, you got a rookie, you're getting beat by a rookie and TJ McConnell and like fucking Aaron Nez, Nesmith out here. Like, I know Miles Turner is also there, but uh this just can't this shit just can't happen and then you give up 70 points in the second half to this team without Tyrese Halliburton ridiculous and then the offensive end uh I mean my god Zach real bad Zach Levine game it's been a rough stretch for him ever since that and like I know people are like really really mad at Zach and we've done the this song and dance with Zach before like I don't want to excuse some of the dumb bullshit that he did and there was a lot plenty of dumb bullshit for him last night with was it three or four turnovers in the last few minutes? The completely missing Alex Caruso wide open under the basket with under a minute left. Would they for it would have tied the game off an inbounds pass? He claimed he didn't see him. Screenshots there, like literally a direct view to Alex Caruso. Easy pass. Just like brutal Zach low IQ basketball game, which again has been a problem. But then like I am that I am wondering about the hand thing with him since he's that hand injury suffered against the wizards. He's like six of 36 from three point range, just not making anything. He was zero of seven from three last night, just an awful game for Zach. Um, and just like the offense, just totally out of sorts with all the turnovers down the stretch. They were trapping Demar. They had a few nice plays to get Vooch. Vooch had that sick driving dunk on miles Turner's head. And he had a couple other baskets like Vooch was rolling Demar shot like 14 to 21, but they lost because <laughs> I mean, Zach committed four turnovers, and then and then one of the the other turnovers was Alex Caruso. After that Zach play where they miss where he missed Caruso, Billy flips it and goes, "All right, Caruso, you're going to pass the ball in this time." And then he throws it away, and it's just like everything just compounding on each other and and just resulting in this t- terrible, terrible loss. And as you said, they are, they are what they thought they were. Like there's they they tease us with these with these strong performances and these these wins over team over team. Like the Hawks have not been good this year, but they've been playing pretty well lately. And the Bulls controlled most of that game. Like they Trey Young didn't do that much that game, and uh, the Bulls controlled that fourth quarter and they made big plays and it was great. And they've won all these other good games, but but ultimately, and then they lose these dumbass games just all the time. That's why they're twenty two and twenty five. It's why they're they're uh, like average point differential is like almost like zero it's like almost dead zero like mid 
we, and we've said it all year. They're just like the most mid team in the NBA. And the record is the record that point differential is the point differential. Just, it makes for a mid ass basketball game. Basketball team is our guy, Matt at bloggable always likes to say like mid team makes mid move or whatever. Like the, he wrote it something today at bloggable, but uh, just like you can't ever call the bulls back because they're just, because they're just the bulls. This is who they are. Uh, and they just kind of revert back to this and that we really shouldn't expect anything special from them because I keep talking myself into it. Like I'm looking at these standings and it's like the Eastern conference and the West is the same way. The West is almost even, is I think even worse. Uh, but like you look there at the sixth seed, it's like, oh, the bulls are right there. They got this easy schedule. And like, maybe they really can get up to the six and maybe they still could. But like every time we think that they're going to like start making that push for the six seed, they lose a game or two like this. And like, they got the Hornets tomorrow and the Hornets are totally like totally in the tank right now. And I don't even know if Lamella ball is going to play, but it's just the same damn song. And is the, that's the bottom line, the same damn song and dance all season where every time they make it seem like they are ready to like, just break out and play consistently good basketball for a long stretch. They suffer a stupid loss. And like, even like they're 12 and seven with this loss. Now going back to that, uh, <clears throat> The stupid Timberwolves game, which is like good. They're 12 and seven. Like their offensive defensive net rating, like looks pretty nice. It's like around top 10, but it would, it should be even better except for these fucking stupid games. They keep blowing. And just, and last night was just like, was, I mean, they've, they've had a lot of worse losses of the season last night. It has to be like, maybe with that rockets game has to be like top two or three. When you blow a 20 point lead to a team missing Tyrese Halliburton who had lost seven in a row. Yeah, I said top three worst loss of the season. Uh, just really was the type of loss that made me not want to watch the Bulls the rest of the year <laughs> because I can do better things with my time than this shit. And shamefully, I got suckered back into it because the schedule was so favorable, because Zach had started playing up to the best of his ability. Pat was playing some of the best ball of his career. Even Kobe was playing some of the best ball of his career. And same for Vooch, really. And then you had just the rock steady performances of DeMar and Caruso uh, pretty much every night. But to blow that game, I think it's just like a blacklight on who this team really is. Like they're they're a very mediocre team. And I think you got to start with Zach because Zach, like I want to cut him a little slack because of the hand injury. Obviously, he was on fire as a shooter earlier this month. You know, he had, this is a four-game stretch. He hit 11 threes and 13 shots against Philly. Hit six threes the next game against Utah. The next two games, he hit four threes. Okay, then he hurts his hand. And since then, he's, I believe, four for 36 from three. Uh, Since the hand started being taped up, you can see it on his right hand. And again, in this game, 0 for 7 from three. Uh, He just can't shoot the ball. And I think that is possibly affecting his handle as well, because Lord knows the handle was an issue last night. And even if Zach is fully healthy, I do not want an offense with Zach Levine with the ball in his hands at the top of the key trying to create out of thin air. Chase, we've got like four years of evidence that shows that is absolutely not a winning formula whatsoever. How many games have the Bulls lost with Zach Levine trying to make making decisions with the ball in his hands? Uh, He's never really improved in that area. Last night, multiple times in the fourth quarter, getting stonewalled by TJ McConnell. Really, that whole game was McConnell and Caruso setting like an escalating series of booby (laughs) traps on each other to see who could, you know, be the bigger defensive pest of the two. And McConnell got Zach multiple times. I also thought Zach's defense was terrible. He allowed the 
Go Ahead Bucket by Ben Matherin, which was a play where uh, McConnell drove left, cut baseline, and Levine just totally lost track of Matherin as a cutter, curled to the middle of the floor, uh, had an easy layup. There was also a Buddy Heald three when the Pacers started making their comeback in the third quarter that, like, Zach didn't even get out and challenge it. There was no one within 10 feet of Buddy Heald out of an ATO, baseline ATO, when he uh, when he hit that shot. So I thought there's games where Zach just looks completely checked out mentally. I think often that ties to how he's shooting the ball. And yesterday, 0 for 7 from 3, couldn't hit a shot. And it affected the rest of his game, too. He, like, isn't able to play through that adversity. And it sucks because when he's cooking... He's truly one of the better off-ball scorers in the NBA, and that's the key. <laughs> off-ball. Because Zach Levine needs to take about as many dribbles as Clay Thompson does, which is very few. <laughs> play him like he's Ray Allen. Play him like he's you know Kyle Korver or Rip Hamilton or Reggie Miller and run him off screens off the ball. Uh, the reason he was playing so often on the ball, especially late in that Pacers game, is because Indiana was trapping DeMar. And, of course, DeMar masterful in the fourth quarter anyway. I think he had 11.0 turnovers. He was really the only thing keeping the offense afloat. That and the awesome Vooch dunk. Vooch, the Vooch dunk, yeah. yeah. And the, the lefty hammer that was, like, under a minute left to tie the game, I believe. So that was an awesome play. Vooch continues to be pretty dope. But man, Zach can't play with the ball in his hands. He's really bad at it. And he's even worse at it with a hurt hand, which he has right now. Uh, I think it's clear just because it's affecting the shooting numbers too. But dude, like we have watched the Bulls, me and you, lose so many games since we started this podcast with Zach Levine either making stupid passes or bad turnovers late. And it just seems like a part of his game he's never going to improve. He's really good in spite of it, but... God, it's so frustrating to watch. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I, I don't want to, like, put him, like, totally in, like, uh, Clay Thompson's awesome, but, like, he's a better, like, creator than than Clay. Like, he can get to the line. He can dribble a little bit better. It's just, I feel like in crunch time, it's just when it just goes, like, haywire, just way too often for him. And, like, and last night, like, TJ McConnell was being so physical with him and just, like, he just had no chance. I mean, he literally, I, th- I think TJ just literally, like, knocked it away from him two or three times. And it was just, like... It's like, man, what are you doing here? And like, yeah, I, I, I said that last time. Like, I don't want to make too many excuses for him because of that hand. But like the big part of Zach's game, the reason he's a max guy is because of how good of a shooter he is. So if he's not a good shooter because of that hand, like that makes him way worse and like not anything special at all. And like, and then you compound the issues with bad decision making. And if his, the handle's not as crisp, like, yeah, he's going to look like shit. And like, I don't, like I said, I don't want to just use an injury excuse totally here, but like, it's kind of the bottom line of like that, that hand is fucking his shooting up so much. Like he's just going to be a way worse player. Like that's a huge problem. And I was, and I've said it since that hand and since he suffered the injury that I was, it was going to be something to to monitor and something to worry about because him was when the bulls are playing really well recently, like, I mean, he's shooting 40, 45 up to 50% from three. He, he has these games where he hits 11, three pointers, but then you have a game like last night and it's, I mean, they still obviously almost won and they should have won, but uh, where he goes 0 of 7 from 3, and he, like I said, he's barely hit any threes in these last few games. They've still managed to w- find a way to win a few of these games because they've gotten some other nice performances from Booch, from Demar, Pat, Caruso, some of these other guys. But obviously, just like for in terms of like looking for a team, looking to be more consistent, it's not going to happen if Zach is battling this hand injury and he can't shoot the ball. They're just much, much worse. So it's like, I don't know if he needs to sit. 
I mean, he had the quote last night where he addressed it. He admitted it's bothering him. And he's like, well, I can help in other ways. Well, it's like, well, then you got to do the stuff that you were talking about. You can't be getting falling asleep on defense when Buddy Heald is shooting three-pointers. You can't let Ben and Mather and back cut you or falling asleep on cuts and letting guys get in for layups and stuff like that. So, like, if you are not going to be able to shoot, like, you got to do that other stuff. And that's obviously a part of Zach's game that just, like, has never consistently been there. We, we've seen it at times. He's played good defense at times in his career. Um there have been times where his playmaking is really good, but too too many other times we see the bad stuff like we saw yesterday, forcing stuff, forcing drives, just kind of being a little too frenetic, especially in crunch time. And you get those bad turnovers like we saw last night. You give up seventy points um, in the in the second half. Uh, you just get away from what was working. And like the post game show was just like I don't want to say they were apoplectic. They were just like angrily shocked like they go they go, went to Kendall Gill and like will Purdue after that game and they just like didn't know what to say they were clearly just very upset about just getting away from what was working for them in the first half which had, was like a lot of Vooch like we like, the Bulls have had a lot of success playing through Vooch lately because Vooch has been really good getting him in the t- uh, using him at the top of the key using him as a as a passer and stuff like that and he's been shooting really well and like they should be using Zach off Vooch like that and getting him those catch and shoot opportunities but um you start getting away from that. Like Demar was fine offensively, defensively. I mean, obviously he's gonna, has his lapses there as well. But Demar had a great game offensively. I feel like the post game show was kind of also laying into Demar a little bit too because they always it's like well they start going ISO stuff. So I mean Demar's ISOs were working a lot. Like he's again you said he went eleven points in the fourth quarter. He shot fourteen to twenty one. So like. I don't want to blame Jamar too much, at least on the offensive end. And they started doubling him. And you start he he was giving rid of the ball, and it's getting the ball is getting in Zach's hands, and he's <laughs> turning the ball over. Like I don't want to put it all on Zach, but like last night was almost all on Zach. Those last few minutes, like it takes a team to blow that game, but at least offensively, like it was a rough thing for Zach. And now, of course, there's been uh, more like stuff about trade, like. People want to trade Zach, obviously, after these games. Like, that stuff always starts popping up. It's like, well, Zach is just not the guy. They need to trade him. And apparently, Zach Lowe on his podcast, they were talking. I don't know if it was him and Bobby Marks talking about, like, well, oh, was, yeah. yeah, like the Lakers stuff and, like, oh, like they should look into doing, like, Zach for Russ and the two first round picks in 2027 and 2029. I'm just like, man, that is just, I feel like that's just dog shit value. Whatever you think of Zach and all his flaws he has, it's like, uh, and I think, and there's other, some of we've had chats with our guys in like our group discussions, like to even match that Russ salary. You also, I think you're, you, the bulls would probably also have to send other money out. So it's like, you're trading Zach and other salary for fucking Russ and two first rounders in like four and four to six years or whatever it is away now. Like that just doesn't do it for me. Given like how, I mean, Zach is not on the level of D- Donovan, but like Rudy Gobert just got traded for like five first round picks. Donovan Mitchell got traded for what, three or four, whatever it was like. The Bulls can't be selling low on Zach for just like no fucking reason. Like you gotta get a, you need to get a good offer, or you just keep him. Like if the if the Bulls actually do want to pivot to a tank this year, which they are not going to do, trust they are not going to do it. They're not bad enough to actually fall apart. They're going to try to go for this six seed, which fine, whatever they want to do it. That's that's there, but like there's just no reason to go and trade Zach for just like for peanuts to trade any of these guys for peanuts, like. Don't trade Demar for peanuts. Should they? Should anything be on the table? Yes, it should. And we've talked about this. We are fine if they make some pivot moves, and they got to do something, which we've said before. But like, like the the Lakers, the Zach Lakers thing is just like I just don't want any part of that. Just like not no. Bottom line for me, no. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, those picks are too far away. Yeah, it just like doesn't matter. I just I can't be like excited about it. Well, oh, yeah, we got these two picks in four or five fucking years. Like, I don't care. What are you going to do with those picks? And and who knows what the Lakers end up doing? Like, LeBron, LeBron might play another five years for crying out loud. He probably won't, but like he could the way he's playing. But like AD is still there. They are the Lakers. They're, you know, they're just going to try to star hunt and and do all that. So, like, I mean, those picks could like you could make that trade. And those picks end up being garbage. Obviously, I feel like you'd make that trade with the idea of flipping them for something else down the line, but like, just like how much are they actually worth? I don't know. Stuff our guy Steph No a couple months ago or a month or two ago wrote have like people are just overrating those Lakers assets because it's the Lakers and they're trying to hype up getting guys to the Lakers for these trades. And just like I just no. Just, like if, if they went out and traded Zach for like a haul, like an actual haul, like tomorrow, would I care that much? Like it'd be a bummer to see Zach go after all he's given to the team. But like if it was a legit like godfather offer, like you gotta think about it with where the Bulls are at. They're just like not really going anywhere, but like anything aside from that, like he just, there's no reason just like go dump sack in the first year of this deal, especially when we've seen him getting back to what he was before this hand injury. He was again, he's a 25 top 25 ish, top 30 ish player, borderline all star. He's made two, two straight all star games. He will probably not be going this year, but you don't just go out and just like rush to trade him for garbage. Uh, so like, yeah. no to that Lakers. This thing is- like, you have to be comfortable realizing that Zach's definitely a number two. A number yeah. one guy is a guy who can create late in games. Zach absolutely cannot do that. And impacting games <laughs> in other ways as well. Like, that's why, like, Jimmy, like, for everything about Jimmy, like, Jimmy is a true number one because he is a legit two-way guy. And we've seen him just whatever. He can, we know he can take over games. He doesn't turn the ball over. I know he really can't shoot anymore, but, like, Jimmy is like a it was has proven that he's like a one A type guy because he's gotten teams almost to the final into the finals and almost to the finals again by playing with, with the two way basketball and Zach like Zach is talented he's probably got the talent to be it but he just does not have the decision making he doesn't have the two way ability to just like legit be him you know it's, that's like the big thing these days this guy is him Zach is not him he's not that guy but he's still very good and like you need. Multiple really good players. We've talked about that. Just because like a guy is not definitely him doesn't mean you have to just like go trade him at the first thing. Like I know he's making max money. He's making 215. He's being paid like that guy. But like so many of these good teams have guys that are paid like those guys. The way the NBA max contract system is set up, the best teams are going to have multiple players making that type of max money. And like just because one of them is not that guy doesn't mean like you have to just go trade him, even though like the Bulls are in a position where maybe they do start over. But like, 
they can do it if it's for the right deal. That Lakers trade is not the right deal, in my opinion. Is basically again the bottom line. <laughs> yeah, I had a point. Now it's hard for me to remember it, but I'm thinking that like Jimmy, you can give the ball to Jimmy and trust him in the last five minutes of game. Jimmy very consistently rises to the occasion and gives you tremendous play to close out games. Zach just can't do that. Uh, he's an elite second option offensively. Yeah. But it's tough when, you know, DeRozan's your first option, Zach's your second option, and they both suck at defense. (laughs) And when Zach plays his best version of defense, it's okay. Like, it's fine. He's not a plus defender, but he's also not someone who's an eyesore. But too often he reverts into these bad tendencies, uh, you know, bad body language, bad attentiveness, and just sort of floats defensively and, like, really costs a team. So is it worth it in a vacuum to pay a number two option $45 million or whatever a year, like a max contract on a third contract? I do think he's worth the money, but also the only reason to have him is really if you have a super elite number one. A number one, yeah. like It would make sense, someone like Luka Doncic, maybe, yeah. where like you know you have incredible creator. Uh, and you can afford to have a guy who's a really good high volume movement shooter next to him. The Bulls could the have Bulls, had Jimmy and Zach together. They had they they could absolutely. have they could have drafted Zach when they still had Jimmy. And, like that would be sick. Like Jimmy, uh, Jimmy can play on the pick before Zach. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Like, one pick before Zach. I mean, that like Zach and that Jimmy would be, would be a sick player. wing duo. That would be awesome. But like, oh well. Yeah, so, yeah. Go ahead. So if the Bulls did want to get off Zach. I could see it. It would be similar to like Blake Griffin with the Clippers. They got off him and then they pivoted, eventually signed Kawhi and PG. Of course, that hasn't worked out much better for him. Not yet, at least. Uh, But it's going to be pretty tough to get equal value back on Zach. I think the trade market is just kind of deeply screwed after the Gobert deal and to a lesser extent, the DeJounte Murray deal. The Bulls would at least have to get as much for Zach as the Spurs got for DeJounte. That was three and firsts, right? Three unprotected firsts? I believe it was three firsts. Yeah, I believe it was three or maybe two in a swap. I can't remember. I think it was uh, three, actually. I can't remember I if they're all three. unprotected, but I'm almost certain there was three picks of some kind. Um, And that Lakers deal, not good enough. I know ESPN would love to get Zach Levine <laughs> to the Lakers, but you know, if the Bulls really wanted to dump him, I guess that's a decent deal. Like, I could be somewhat talked into the upside, but... At the end of the day, those picks are too far away. And I'm just the type of person who thinks the Lakers are going to get Devin Booker, John Morant, or, you know, whoever. Luca. Zion, Luca, take <laughs> anyone. This is just what the Lakers do historically. You know what I mean? Over the history of the course of the franchise, they typically attract the biggest stars in the sport. So uh, why wouldn't they do it again? In general, Jace, trade deadline coming up. Uh, would you prefer the Bulls? To be buyers or sellers. Currently number 10 in the Eastern Conference. There was a weird rumor on Twitter about the Bulls' interest in Bogdan Bogdanovich. Bojan, I believe. Bojan, I'm sorry. Bojan yeah. Bogdanovich. Uh, which would have the Bulls send out Caruso, Kobe, Dalen Terry, and the Portland pick. I thought that was uh, pretty wild, but Terrible. I didn't see the original source. I saw that Daniel Greenberg guy 
uh, tweet about it. I would not like that deal at all. The Bulls would just be like blowing all their assets on guy who you would think would be like the final piece, but the final piece of what, like a seven seed? You know what I mean? And Bogdanovich. So uh, what do you think, Jace? Buy, sell, do nothing, which is probably the most likely option for the Bulls like they did last year. What do you <laughs> yeah, think? Yeah, like uh, I don't think they're going to sell. I honestly don't think they're going to trade. Like we've talked about trading Vooch and I've kind of said this. I don't think they're going to trade Vooch. Uh, I think he's playing good. I think they don't think I like, unless they like have a good replacement. Uh, I mean, maybe they actually, maybe they come out and surprise us and do it again. Maybe the next couple weeks will kind of color this, but like it really shouldn't, but like, they're probably just going to do the same thing. They're probably going to be right around 500 when the trade deadline comes. And it's like, well, what are we going to do? We're right there for the mix for the six seed or whatever. They're firmly in the play in mix. I don't think they're going to actually sell anything. I think you could, I think there are plenty of arguments for them that they should sell. And not like, it doesn't have to be a sell in terms of like blowing it up. Like again, I'm not trading Zach unless it's a great offer. I'm not trading tomorrow. unless it's a great offer. I mean, it's just a lot of it comes down to Vooch and Caruso. I feel like um, unless you get, you're getting Godfather offers for Zach and tomorrow. And like, is anyone giving Godfather offers for those two guys this year? Like I doubt it. You talked about like Luca, like, Luca and Zach playing together. Like if the Maverick, I feel like the Mavericks are a team that if they had the assets, they might be willing to get desperate enough to like make a godfather for Zach offer for Zach, but I don't think they do. So like I don't think that's going to happen. Uh so then again, it comes down to like Vooch, Caruso, and Kobe. Obviously, I think you're trading Kobe, you're trying to buy again, as you mentioned, but I just don't know what else you you can really get with like Kobe, some extra salary, and that Blazers pick. Like like if they did do that and they did buy and like that was their buy move, like I wouldn't care. Like Kobe's shown some, shown a little development this year. He's still very inconsistent. He still he was awful last night. Uh, he's the last couple of games he's been bad. He's still just too streaky. I've, like if you if they wanted to buy and use that Portland pick, uh, and Kobe to try and like other useless salary to get something, like I wouldn't hate that. Um, to just see what you can do the rest of the season and maybe that maybe that guy helps you moving forward as well. I don't know. So like that wouldn't bother me if like that's their buy move. Um, like obviously, we're, if they were talking about buy moves where it's like Pat Kobe and something else, like it has to be really a really really good long term play. Uh, that's not, that's not going to happen. So it's like Vooch, do you sell Vooch? What's your replacement for him? What do you get? Like, what's his value? Even like he's he is playing really well. Like he's having his like most efficient offensive season, offensive season of his career. Um, he's just he's just a solid he's a solid player, and like he's not the problem. But like as we've said, like the fit with the whole roster is the problem. What do you get for him? He's tw- making 20 million expiring contract. He's in his thirties. Like, what do you, what do you get for that? Like, I don't know. Uh, still, you have to look at it. He's an expiring contract. Are you really keeping the Vooch around for another year and like running this kind of thing back? Like it would not surprise me if that's what they kind of want to do. And they get Lonzo back next year and try to run it back with some other small pieces around them, other different pieces around them. I don't know. Caruso is, an, is is also a super interesting one, as we've talk, kind of talked about before, uh, because I think contenders would really like him. You see how valuable he can be sometimes. Like the Hawks game, he was awesome. Uh, just p- being a pain in Trey Young's ass in general. Just He's a big-time defense player. Our guy, Will Gottlieb at CHGO, like, did a great thing about how like Caruso, like you look at the advanced metrics, like Caruso is like defensive player of the year candidate worthy if he actually like played enough. Uh, he's obviously like not like top top of the line. I think for that award, he does not play enough. But like impact wise, all his like Im- defensive impact stats are just like, insane. So like 
like a team, a contender who like you talk about missing like final pieces, like Crusoe could be a final piece to a contender or, or, or something like that. We've talked about the Warriors, that there's other teams that want him. Like maybe they'd be willing to give up a lot for him. And I would hate to see him go because he's so fun to watch. And we t- I talked about this with Steph last week on our pod. And it was like, we would hate to see him go like with where the Bulls are at. Like if you can get good assets for him, you really have to think about doing it because we got to be just, you have to be realistic about where this team is at. That Bogdanovich trade is awful. Like, but he's having a nice year on a terrible Pistons team. He's putting up like 20 a game. Really nice shooter. But like, and the Bulls need shooting. But like, you're giving up, as you meant, was Kobe, Caruso, Dalen. Was, was there, and there was something else, like other salad. I mean, that's Portland pick. Portland, Portland. That's insane. That's like your pick. And then like Dalen is another asset as your first round pick last year. And then like Caruso, who is also very good. Like, what? That's like, that's an insane amount for a guy who's a nice. Nice veteran, really good shooter, but like defensive problems. He's old. Um, that that's just that's insane. Like that again. That, like you said, that's a team where like the Lakers trade. I think giving up maybe overpaying for Bogdanovich makes more sense when you have LeBron and AD, and they badly need shooting. But you have LeBron and AD, and like you go into the playoffs with LeBron and AD, and like anything better around him, like that makes more sense. This Bulls team that does not make sense. So it's like you're not overpaying for Bowen. If you got him for like cheap. Sure, but like I don't even like if it was like the Blazers picking like you what you dump Lonzo's contract on them like sure I guess but like otherwise I don't know how you really get that salary to to match unless you're giving up that other stuff so it's like no so it's like I don't know it's such a weird spot they'll probably end up doing nothing and just make us angry again by doing nothing I just want them to do something as we've we said it like a couple pods ago like do something you have to do something with this team either. You go in a little more with some type of buy, win, now move, and you try to buy something, upgrade somewhere with your shooting. Or you do have to start looking at selling off, guys. You just can't sit around and diddle your hands again or sit on your hands again, twiddle your thumbs through another transaction period because they've done that the last two transaction periods where they did nothing and they basically just added minimum veteran guys who just don't really make an impact like – Drummond is fine. Dragic, he's fine. He's sick right now. But like those guys just aren't game changers. They've been fine bench players, but nothing more than that. So it's like, yeah, you just have to do something. Yeah, if they're going to buy, I would love to see them buy shooting. You know who I was thinking about? Doug McDermott. What yeah. About oh, yeah. Doug? We've, yeah. He's, uh, been, he's having a really good were... season. Yeah, I think he's shooting about 42 or 43% yeah. from three. The Bulls could just use like a 6-8 wing at the end of the rotation who could hit shots. There's really a lot of value in having a great shooter on the court. Just like a guy who can get up threes quickly and efficiently. Uh, even if you only have one great shooter and like some middling shooters, just having that one release valve uh, can really help, I think. So I think McDermott could be an interesting one. At the end of the day, though, there's no move that's going to, like, really vault the Bulls up the standings. Right. And, like, what is this team, dude? They're 10th in the conference. The only reason we're talking about this is because of the creation of the tournament. Like, yeah, they're only a game and a half out of eighth. But without the play-in tournament, we'd be thinking, like, this team probably doesn't have much of a chance to make the playoffs. Uh, because, you know, whenever they can get on a roll, they lose a game like they lost last night to the Pacers when they could have had a four-game winning streak. It really comes down to what can the Bulls do before the trade deadline on February 9th. I'm going to read off to you, Jason, the remaining schedule. 
Next on Thursday is at Charlotte. Saturday at Orlando. Feisty Orlando Tuesday, team. Tuesday home against the Clippers. Thursday home against Charlotte. So in and then Saturday home against Portland. So those are the next five: Charlotte, Orlando, Clippers, Charlotte, Portland. They're not going to go five and zero oh, because this is the Bulls. Can they go four <laughs> and one over that stretch? I mean, that would be really I think they big could. for them. Get back to oh, 500. After that, on February 6th, they're home against the Spurs. So those are a lot of winnable games for the next six. Can they go five and one on those next six? They won't. They'll end up going like three and three or four and two at the best. But those next six games are all pretty winnable. But Clippers have been dope lately with uh, Kawhi and PG in the yeah. lineup. Orlando, like you said, they're playing better ball. Portland's got plenty of talent. Okay, and then two games against contenders, both on the road. Leading up to the trade deadline, February 7th at Memphis, February 9th at the Nets. The Bulls have played the Nets tough at times this year. Durant should be back in the lineup for that one. Uh, Will he be back but for that one? I feel like they I, said he's, I, I think he might be out. Because I think, I think it's right around the all-star break, which is like a week after the deadline. So like it may, like there's a maybe chance I think he's back, but I would kind of be surprised. Still like road game, Kyrie's been playing pretty good lately. It's still a tough game in Brooklyn, even if Katie's not there. So so let's see what they can do, man. Like, I was really hoping they could have won this Pacers game because they need to go on a legit winning streak. Yeah. They have not won more than three games in a row all year. You had this golden opportunity last night. You're up 21 at halftime or, you know, late in the first half and you blow it. So the schedule is still pretty easy. Uh, for a little stretch here, like that could convince them. You know, maybe we could add a piece at a shooter. The problem is that they're right up against the tax deadlines. So yeah, they can't take on salary. And they also don't really have anything to trade. Well, they can take on salary. <laughs> they just probably they won't. take on salary. <laughs> Absolutely. But they won't because all the Reinsdorfs care about is not paying the luxury tax. I mean, that's like a $17 million check I think they're getting this year. Uh, because the Clippers and the Warriors have two of the biggest luxury tax bills ever. So there's no way they're taking on salary. Should they? Yeah, for sure. Because I don't give a shit about Jerry Reinsdorf getting million-dollar handouts. But they're not going to. So, you know, can they get some positive momentum to try to move up the standings? I don't know. They're just a shit team. They're, you know, they're mediocre i don't want to call them shit they're yeah they're mediocre they're, they're a mediocre team. they're mid they're, they're the most mid team in the nba like they're not shit they're not bad because they have won some big games and like they have stretches where they look pretty good but then they have these games where they look like shit where they do look like shit so that just makes for a mid team 22 and 25 with a point differential of basically zero that means you are just right Right there, mediocre. And like, yeah, these next few games here. I mean, you got to beat the Hornets both times. They are just absolute garbage. The Spurs are garbage. Like, they lost to the Spurs earlier this year, but I feel like the Spurs have been even worse lately. So, like, I and mean, those games, like, those are all must win. That's like three right there. And like, Portland hasn't been good either. So, like, at home against Portland, you got to win. But like, you never know. Like, maybe Dame will drop seventy points. He'll go Donovan Mitchell and just kill him. So, like, you really just can't. You can't count anything for sure with this team. Uh, you just got to hope they actually win these games against the tankers and maybe they play well. They rise to the occasion against the Clippers. Maybe the Clippers won't play that. Maybe they won't have choir PG who knows, but yeah, very, it's very bottom line, frustrating stuff makes for a weird kind of just like set up here to the deadline with about two weeks left. 
in front of it. Um, and I just hope, and again, I just hope they do something. Just don't, I don't want them to sit on their hands again because it'd be the third straight transaction cycle where they basically do so. You gotta, you gotta make some moves with this team, the end of the roster, for your bench, for your shooting, something. If you're not going to sell, yeah. do something. But it's definitely a seller's market, right? Like, I think there's a lot more teams that want to buy, yeah. that want to sell. So what would be the most move for the Bulls is probably to say, all right, you want Caruso? You know, two first round picks. See if anyone will bite on it. Uh, maybe DeRozan. Like, do you get a crazy, ridiculous offer for DeRozan? Listen to on Levine for sure. Listen on Vooch. I'm not begging for the Bulls to break this team up. But if they are going to do something and they're going to add, chances are it's going to come at just like a negative cost value-wise. And they don't have many assets to play with, given the financial restrictions by ownership and given the fact that they're, they have one first-round draft pick guaranteed between now and 2026. So they're in a tough spot, for sure. The easiest thing for them to do would be to do nothing. We would get really upset at that. <laughs> But also if they make some move like that Bogdanovich trade where they're giving up, you know, a ton of ass to get one guy, like I would be more upset about that than I would be about doing nothing. So I don't know. We'll see. I would love to hear that they explored selling because I think that they could possibly get some some good offers, given that it's very much a buyer's market right, right now. But I don't think the Bulls view themselves as sellers, as we've been saying on this yeah. podcast all season. We'll see how it plays out. Indeed, we will. I think that should wrap it up for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. Um, as always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. If you like what we're doing here at Cash, please, bunch of great podcasts all across the network. Go check them out if you want to get some other great, some great sports talk at Blue Wire for us here at Cash. Rate review us. Give us those five star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those good places. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky is at SBN underscore Ricky. Again, coming up, Bulls at Hornets tomorrow. This game, I believe, was supposed to be on on TNT or tomorrow's Thursday, right? I think it was supposed to be a TNT game. I got booted because the Bull, it was the Hornets are a joke. Uh, I think, and Lonzo's out. It was supposed to be like a Lonzo Lamelo. Uh, whatever, like kind of rivalry game. It's like rivalry week for the NBA, but whatever. Off TNT tomorrow. Uh, TNT National Broadcast does not need to see this bullshit. Uh, and then they play, like I said, at Orlando on Saturday. That'll be an interesting game. The Bulls have already lost to Orlando. Orlando's been playing pretty well lately. They just got John Van Isaac back. So interesting game there. These last couple games to end the week. So we'll see. Hopefully the Bulls can bounce back and not piss their pants. So that's going to do it for us here in this episode. We'll talk to you guys next time.